Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. As I was pondering over this, I said, Lord, we'd have to have a healing service before I preach this message. Amen, that's what I said. <laughs> and little did I know that that's exactly what he did. See, just when you think we're going to have this or we're, we are going to do that, he says, that's what you think, I'm going to do it my way. And you could either line up or get out. <laughs> now, I know about you, I've been rolled over before, but I, I don't want to get rolled over by God. Do you? Do you want to get in his way? Someone say, why didn't you dismiss the youth earlier and let them go? Because I let God go. Hallelujah. How about it? Amen. Let God go. Let, it, let the Spirit of God flow. And let God do the things He wants to do. Amen. Amen. Well, if you find Third uh, John 2. Third John 2. The third epistle according to St. John. I want you to notice this scripture. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. I was reading a particular commentary on that particular verse of scripture, and the fellow said, well, you can't take that to mean that, that God wants everybody to be in health. And he said... Uh, that was just John's wish. That was just John's wish. John wished for Gaius here to be in health. Just like you would say, well, I hope this letter finds you in health. But you know, I've, I've learned better than that to interpret the Word of God that way. Any desire that the Apostle John had was a desire that came fresh from the Spirit of God. Do you know how I know that? Because the Bible says that this, this Bible was written by men who were moved by the Spirit of God. And when you desire toward God, you, re you receive desires from God. And when he said that I wish or I desire above all things, or I pray, any way you want to say it, that thou mayest be in health, it was the very heart of the Father speaking. I want you to notice that he didn't say that you, you may get healed. But he said that, that you may be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Indicating the fact that being in health is not an unconditional blessing. Being in health is not an unconditional blessing, but rather a conditional blessing. It is not an unconditional blessing but rather a conditional blessing based on the prosperity of the soul. Did you get that? Based on the prosperity of the soul. See, according to our text, according to this particular scripture, being healthy is inseparably associated with the prosperity of the soul. I desire above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health according to the prosperity of your soul. Now, when we talk about the soul, of course, we have to define our terms. Generally speaking, the soul means the innermost part of a person, that which is on the inside. Like David said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me. In other words, every department of my being on the inside of this body, bless the Lord. Specifically speaking, it refers to the emotions or the will or the reasoning faculties of the human being, the mind. But you see, when you study the Bible carefully and you put both together, you discover that when you're talking about health, it is the spirit of man that sustains the infirmity. 
And so it would not be wrong to say that being healthy... Now, we're not talking about getting healed. See, that's why I said we had to have the healing meeting first. Because once you get healed, you're healed. Now we're talking about being healthy. And that's a different subject. Being healthy, we can say, is according to the prosperity of the man on the inside, his spirit and soul. For it's the spirit of the man that sustains the infirmity. And unless the mind is renewed to the Word of God, then that which is on the inside of the spirit has no way to, make its, to find its way into the flesh to keep it healthy. And in connection with that, can I add one more thing? We've always used these scriptures pertaining to healing, but I think we've left out something extremely important. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm ready for, revelation, for further revelation. Are you ready for further re revelation knowledge to, to be enlarged inside your spirit? Then let's pray right now. Father, as we discuss these things, these truths from your holy word, I thank you that each and every individual receives revelation knowledge and you enlarge our capacity to receive such. Thank you, dear Father, for receptive hearts, attentive ears, and open minds. Thank you for the word to go forth in demonstration of the spirit and of power. And our faith, dear Father, God is increasing mightily and growing exceedingly because our faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now we thank you. We bless you, we magnify you, and give you all the honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. In Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20, 20 through 22, where it said, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them in health. She didn't say healing, did it? Now you think seriously on that. And health unto all your flesh. Being in health. Didn't say getting healed. But being in health. My words, in other words, acted upon, if you give attention to them, if you incline your ear to them, if you let the Word depart, uh, let your, the Word of God find its lodging in your heart, then He says it will produce health in your flesh. Now we know that we can get healed. But see, this is a step higher. And I'll be honest with you. The only reason why I see it that many have not obtained a higher degree of faith when it comes to this area is because it hasn't been preached. Faith cometh by what? Hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. Well, if it's not preached, how are you going to get it? And their souls are not prospering because they're not renewed to what the Word teaches. So your soul can't prosper. If your soul's not prospering, then you can't be in health. Because health or being in health is based on the prosperity of the soul. My words are health or medicine. In other words, they act like a medicine that will keep you healthy. In other words, preventive medicine. Do you see that? Amen. Now, I want you to stay with me. I, we've already prayed. I believe you're big enough to receive this on the inside of you. Amen. He's enlarging your capacity right now, and you'll get a hold of it. Generally speaking, yes, it's the man on the inside. Specifically, it's the, it's the, the mind that's got to be renewed to the Word of God. Now, God has intended, and I want you to see this in other scriptures, but let's say it first. God has intended in His great plan that His children... Stay healthy and be in health. More so than he intended for his children to get healed and get sick and get healed and get sick and get healed and get sick repeatedly. You understand that? God's plan provided for health and well-being more so than just getting healed. His intended plan for His children was that we continue in abiding health until that becomes the norm and sickness is abnormal to the Christian. Now, that's God's intention. 
But of course, I can just hear some things clicking on the inside of you right now. Well, well, how have we fallen then? Well, I just said. You take the average Christian Christian's view of healing and health, and you try to build faith on that or base faith on that, you might as well forget it. You can't build on a sandy foundation and expect to have great faith. You cannot build on a shaky foundation and expect the structure to be invincible. No, you've got to build on the revelation of God's Word and the blood covenant. And when you build upon that, then you're immovable. Then you're unshakable. Then your house will not be brought down. You'll not be overcome. And so, you see, we have many attempting to operate in the formula of healing and health and not really understanding the principles behind it. And consequently, when they attempt to do so, the enemy pulls the foundation right from beneath them because it's built on sandy ground and they fall. Then they walk away from it. And that has happened throughout the generations, throughout the years, until really we were at a place or at a point in time when we were in danger of having divine healing done away with. You know that? That's why the healing revival came in the latter part of the 40s and 50s. Early 50s. Amen. God had to revive it. It was about to be lost. People were teaching it was done away with when the apostles died way back when. But thank God it's being revived and thank God that we are learning more about it today. Now, I want to show that to you from the Scriptures. I don't want you just to take what I'm saying. In that Scripture, His desire above all things was that, was that He would prosper and be in health. Not get healed, but be in health. Stay healthy. How many of you like health? You enjoy health? How many of you like being sick? You don't like being sick. But you like being healthy. Well, that's good. That's a good crowd to preach to then, isn't it? Turn with me to Exodus chapter 15. And let's, let's show you that from the Scriptures. All I'm asking us to do is, is to be honest and sincere with ourselves. And just think it through for yourself. Have you been a Christian who has placed more emphasis on divine healing than on continued abiding health? Or have you placed the emphasis on abiding health and considered sickness and disease to be a curse not to be tolerated in your life. See, be honest with yourself. Have you been a believer who has expected a certain amount of sickness and disease to be a part of your life? Or have you been a believer who has said within his heart that sickness and disease has no part in my life and it must be banished from my life? So you answer that question for yourself. And then you'll be able to locate your faith. You'll find out where you're at. And then you can go from there and build on that. And to begin to build from that point on. And here in this particular scripture, in verse 26, Exodus 15 says, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and wilt give ear to his commandments, and keep his statutes, I will put none, or I will permit none, none. I will put or permit none of these diseases upon thee. Do you know when you're not permitted, when, when sickness or disease is not permitted to come on you, that's immunity? That's not talking about him. He's talking about the Israelites when they were protected from the plagues of Egypt. The Israelites were immune. Sickness and disease was rampant all around them. But in the midst of it all, there they were protected divinely from sickness and disease. They were walking in abiding health because of divine intervention. And he says here, if you will continue now in my statutes, in my... Well, now let's, let's, let's not go that far yet. The Bible says before, when they had all those plagues... Yes, there were Israelite, or Israelites back when who were becoming feeble among the twelve tribes. But when they were told to partake of the lamb, when they were told to eat and be full and be ready to go, 
Because of the death of the firstborn, you know that. Because they applied the blood of the lamb and the flesh of the lamb. The Bible says they were protected from those diseases. And if anyone among the tribes of Israel was feeble, anyone, it says he brought them forth with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble among their tribes. Now, you think about that. You think about the tribes of Israel, all the multitudes of people, and there was not one feeble among their tribes. Wouldn't you like to say that I belong to the Anzavino tribe and there's not one feeble among us? What tribe do you belong to? Here comes so-and-so in the tribe. And there's not one feeble among them. Amen. This, see, this should be the accepted norm in the life of the Christian. But somehow we've lost this message down through the ages. And the accepted norm has been, well, God will heal you if He wants to. He might heal you. You know, you've got to expect to get sick sometime. You've got to expect sickness to come upon you. And that sort of thing. And that became the accepted norm. And many believed that and actually anticipated being sick every year, either with the flu or with this or with that or whatever. Headaches, whatever the case is. Why? Because that's what they heard preached. That's what they were told. Didn't hear anything above that. I ask you this question, though. If God said to these Israelites, if you keep my laws, my statutes, and my judgments and obey them, the same way I prevented the diseases of Egypt from coming upon you, I will put none of the diseases, or I will permit none of these diseases to even touch you, to come upon you. If he did that back then, and he's saying that right now, do you think he meant what he said, and that he would watch over his word to perform it? I believe he meant what he said. And I believe that he watches over his word to perform it. And I believe that man has taken his eyes off of the Word of God and put his eyes on human reasoning. And because of it, they missed, out, missed on the whole interpretation of what God was doing. He brought them out, not one people among their tribes. says, now, if you want to stay healthy or if you want to be in health, obey my statutes, my laws, and my judgments and keep my commandments. That's what he said. And as long as Israel was obedient, as long as they obeyed, there, there was no record of sickness and disease among their tribes. But when they rebelled and disobeyed, then they were sick and many died. And that's true throughout all the Old Testament. But the norm, you can go right on back for the, the, the forefathers, the patriarchs. The norm was continued abiding health for obedience to the law. Well, you say that's talking about them. Well, we'll, we'll touch that in one second. Look at, first of all, verse, chapter 23, verse 25. Of Exodus. And you shall serve the Lord your God. He shall bless your bread. How many of you walk into the store? When you walk into the store, grab a loaf of bread and say, You're blessed. Now, I know that sounds far-fetched and funny. But you know what? That's probably why some get sick. You know, faith is a whole different ball game than human reasoning. Did you know that? Human reasoning says if you eat this, 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 and all this, then you're going you're to be okay. But faith says, glory to God. He said, he bless my bread. Bless it, Father. Confidence in the Word of God, more so than in the Word of man. Listen to what he said. I'll bless your bread and your water. Now notice, and I will take Sickness away. See, sometimes we've got to drill these things in. Why? Because we're facing all this doubt and unbelief. All this opposition. I keep going back to that one sermon I preached. What does the Word say? What does the Word say? Yeah, but you don't know what Brother So-and-so said. What does the Word say? God said, if you do these things, I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Now, that's just, that's two witnesses right there. But look at the third one. Deuteronomy chapter 7. 
Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 14. You really got to read 9 right on through, but we'll save some time here. 14. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from thee all. Everyone say all. All what? Now, is that conditional or unconditional? Obviously, it's conditional. Why? Because there's a big if. If you do certain things. If you meet certain conditions. Then he says, I will take away. I will take away from the all sickness. And will put or permit none of the evil diseases of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee. Now notice, once again. What is Jehovah God emphasizing? Healing or immunity? He's emphasizing immunity, isn't he? He's, he's really emphasizing divine protection, isn't he? I want you to stay with me. You know why? Because faith is going to begin to arise in your heart. And you're going to find out it's not that difficult to believe for divine health. It's not as difficult as many thought it was. Why? Because we have more scriptural basis for divine health than anything else. Amen. Now, let's, let's put the icing on the cake, if we can say it that way. Go to Romans chapter 13. Israel had the potential to be in health or to stay in continued abiding health if they met the conditions. If they obeyed the commandments, the statutes, the judgments, the law. If they disobeyed, the curse would come upon them and the curse included all what? All sickness and all diseases that are written in the book of this law and those that are not written. You know why he said those that are not written? I figured that out. Because the devil wasn't done putting his arsenal together. That's why. See, the devil wasn't done conjuring up certain types of sicknesses and diseases and so he knew that there would be some down, you know, in the future that what, what he couldn't name. They weren't named right then. So he named those that were prevalent right then and there at the, you know, at the time it was written. Then he said, down the future there'll be some, you know, other sicknesses and diseases. And in case people get confused, let me say, all sicknesses, all diseases, not even written in this book. Curse of the law. But obedience meant immunity. But I want to say that again. Obedience didn't mean healing. See, thank God we can get healed. Let's remember that. But obedience means immunity. Do you get that? I will take away from thee all sickness. There are one people among your tribe. And if you'll hearken unto me, no barren, male or female, I'll bless your bread, bless your water, I will take away from thee. I'll make you immune. He did it in Egypt. He did it in the wilderness until they sinned. You know how many things were in the wilderness they could have contracted? I mean, can you imagine that? They could have had so much sickness and so much disease, but as long as they were obedient, they were immune. When they rebelled and sinned, they became sick. Healing then became an emergency thing. Did you know that? To get them back to what they fell from. They fell from health. We should always view ourselves as being the healthy ones. And Satan tries to rob us and steal our health away and make us sick. Do you see that? Now, in Romans chapter 13, we'll put the icing on the cake. If Israel had the potential to walk free or immune from sickness and disease under the old covenant, and we know that we have a new covenant, better covenant, established upon better promises, do you think that He would offer us less than what they had? Absolutely not. It would, it would be all-inclusive. It would include everything that they have and something more. But notice over here in chapter 13 of Romans and beginning at verse 9. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. If there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this, saying namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the what? Of the what? 
Well, if love is the fulfilling of the law, then anybody who fulfilled the law could claim the promise of God that says, if you'll keep my commandments, my statutes, and my judgment, I will bless your bread, I'll bless your water, and I'll take sickness and disease away from the midst of you. Well, they had to do it by keeping the Mosaic law. We keep the law of love, which fulfills the Mosaic law. So if they had the potential, by being obedient to the Mosaic law, to live free from sickness and disease, how much more can we say the same thing, being that the law of love, which is a higher law, enables us to fulfill that law? You mean the fulfillment of it doesn't offer the, the benefit or the promise? Certainly it does. But you see, we've not been instructed that way. And I'll be honest with you. The average Christian who believes in divine healing, see, right next to it, right alongside that, with it, believes this. That occasionally, we've got to get sick. That you can't live free from sickness and disease. That there's not immunity. I've talked to them, full gospel people. When you start speaking along these lines and using these terms, do you know what they say? They classify you as an extremist, unbalanced extremist. You're going beyond what the Word of God teaches. But we just read those scriptures. The potential is right there. And like I said, if you'll do thorough study and careful research, you'll find out that the norm for the patriarchs, for the Israelites, the norm was continued abiding health. And the times that they got sick were times when they got themselves in trouble because they got out from the protective hand of God. And then divine healing became an emergency measure to bring health back to their body because of either a violation or whatever the reason was. We won't pinpoint or fix or locate any particular problem, but we'll just say that divine healing became an emergency measure. Remember over there in the wilderness when they sinned? Finally, Moses went to God and he said, God said to do what? Lift up the pole, the serpent. The brazen serpent. Then what? Those who would what? Look would be? Well, why did they need healing? Because they disobeyed the laws, they disobeyed the statutes and the commandments of God. Consequently, they fell from His grace. And they were exposed to the curse. You can read that in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It was written for our example or example, to be an example to us. But as an emergency measure, those who sinned, if they would turn and look back to the cross, to the, to, to the pole, the brazen serpent upon the pole, then they would be healed and brought back into what God intended for the Israelites. Do you see that? Now, we're not saying that everybody who is sick has committed sin, because we know better than that. We're saying as a result of sin, sickness and disease has entered into the world. And there are many reasons, various reasons, why sickness and disease grabs a hold of a lot of people. But we cannot stop preaching the truth, my brother and sister, because when we do, we will prevent people from growing in their faith in a greater way so that they can teach their generation, should Jesus tarry after them, to have a greater faith than what we had to believe for the best that God has to offer. Even if it means that we never achieve or attain to these ideals. Apostle Paul said, I have not yet apprehended, I have not yet achieved or obtained all the things that I've set my goals on. But I am doing this one thing. I am pressing toward that mark. So, brothers and sisters, what we're saying tonight is that we are setting goals. We are not limiting our faith. And when we recognize the fact that God's plan intended for us to remain in continued abiding health, more so than to be healed then it's very easy for our faith to shift over from being healed to be released in abiding health. Do you see that? Do you see that? Because it's the same faith that you use to get healed to believe in abiding health. Same faith. It's just that you're hearing a different message. Faith cometh by hearing. 
You would have never known that you can have faith to believe for that if you had no foundation for faith. He is the author, the beginner, and the perfecter, or the finisher, or the developer of our faith. But faith does not begin until you hear the message. And when you hear the message accurately, then you can release faith. And it will begin, and it will begin to be perfected until it's accomplishing what God pleases. Now, that's the scripture here. Look at another scripture. I want you to turn this with me because this is a very important scripture. Go on back to Job. Yeah, we're going to use Job. We certainly are. We're going to see some things that we have not seen before. Things that are going to give us a shot in the arm, I believe, when it comes to faith and love. Things that are going to encourage us to believe for bigger things from our big God. Now notice, let's, let's just look at verse, chapter 1, book of Job, chapter 1. Notice verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them. Satan, of course, being the adversary. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. I guess it's true that the devil's like a roaring lion walking to and fro. Isn't it right? That's what Peter said. Obviously, and evidently, it's true. That's what he does. But don't you notice something? And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? There's none like him on the earth, a perfect and an upright man, and one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made an hedge about him? and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. You know what Satan was saying? Yeah, I've noticed him. And I've seen it so many times that I just began to ignore him and not, I just, just not bother him at all because I can't touch him. You placed a hedge about him by your protective hand. And I've got so disgusted when I walk to and fro by his house, I don't even go over there to bother him. I just, there's no sense in doing it. You say, how do you know that? Because, you ready for this? Because when Job even got in fear, the devil didn't even know it. He didn't even know it. God had to tell him, well, look, everything he has is in your power. And the devil had to do a double take. He got so used to seeing those walls of protection up around Job. You want some New Testament scripture to show that? Whosoever is born of God keepeth himself, and the wicked one toucheth him not. Amen. Do you know, even way back then, that the norm was protection? See, we've not been taught this, my brother and sister. We put that low on the list. Amen. Because we've been called extremists for believing this. But yet, back then, this was the norm. That Job served God. And because he served God, the hand of the Lord rested upon him. And because the hand of the Lord rested upon him, that the devil could not touch him. That was the norm for the one who believed in Jehovah. And that same thing was true in all the other lies of the patriarchs. Do you see that? But then all of a sudden, Job got in fear. Look at chapter 3 and verse 25. There's not time to give the whole story, but... For the thing which I greatly feared. How many of you know that where there's fear, there's no longer faith? How many of you know that when there's great fear, 
You might as well forget about faith. Job left the realm of faith and began to operate in the realm of what? Fear. And the fear that he feared opened the door, caused a breach in the wall of divine protection and opened up an avenue for who to come in? The Bible says that the devil put all that stuff on Job. Now, I want to give you a brief scenario so we can go on. Quick scenario of this message here. Job was walking in divine protection from calamity and all other sorts of things, including sickness and disease. This was the normal thing in Job's life. When Job left the realm of faith, because of the sin he believed his children were committing, he allowed, the, you know, fear to come in. Then the door was opened through the breach in the wall of divine protection. The enemy came in, caused an incurable sickness, disease to come upon Job's body. And calamity after calamity began to happen in his household. It lasts approximately nine months to a year. That's the extent of it all. He was about 70 years old when it happened. And Job lived after his healing. The Bible says he got back in faith. He made many accusations against God that were false because he didn't have accurate knowledge. He, he spoke against his maker in some areas because he didn't have accurate understanding. You recall the... The dialogue, didn't you remember when God says, Where were you when I hung the stars up in the sky? Where were you when I told the moon what to do? Where were you when I set the boundaries of the sea? If you think you know something. You don't know anything. And Job repented and said his words were stout against the Lord God. And when he repented and he got himself back into faith, he saw the plan of redemption, he got himself back into faith. The Bible says he was healed... The hand of the Lord was upon him once again. Protection came his way. He was doubly blessed of all the things, the possessions that he had lost. And are you ready? He lived 140 more years. And we have no record of that thing happening to him again. For the first 70 years, he lived in the norm. He experienced this trial for a period of nine months to a year. And then live 140 more years thereafter. You've got to be pretty healthy to live 140 more years thereafter. And he did. But we don't hear stories like that. We're not exposed to that kind of teaching, are we? We don't want to be a fanatic. We don't want to be an extremist. Well, my brother or sister, if you're not, you're not going to have faith. You're not going to have extreme faith. You're not going to have big faith to launch out and believe God for His best. So we've got to hear God's best in order to obtain God's best. Are you ready for another one? I believe you're ready for it. I believe we're getting big enough now. I'm not going to hold these things back. You'll never know that you can have strength in old age until somebody starts telling you, believe for it. Don't say you're going to be like this one or be like that one. Start saying you're going to be like a Caleb and like Joshua. And like Caleb said, I'm 85 years old. My God has kept me these 40, 45 years and I'm ready to do battle and to do war as I was when I was 40. I'm not going to argue with that fellow. Be like a Caleb. Believe God for strength to be renewed like the eagles. Let's not just quote these scriptures. Why do you think David said it that way? Bless the Lord of my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name, who forgiveth all my iniquities, healeth all my diseases. You ready? That's healing. Redeems my life from destruction, protection. Crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. Anoints me and overwhelms me with his love. And renews my strength like the eagles. So that when I get old, I can still function and operate as though I'm young. Psalm 92 explains that explicitly. But if you don't hear it preached, faith cometh how? By hearing. You don't have faith to believe that. And like I said, if you're told that, you're classified as an extremist or you're unbalanced. And so, you, you want to show them that. You want to walk with people, walk away from that. And all they believe God for is, when I get sick, I can get healed. When I get sick, I get healed. If sickness comes, I get healed. And they live their life that way. Dare believe God for big things. It's what He wanted anyhow. It's what He intended anyhow. Look at that scripture now with me in, in 1 John. 
You've got to see this. You're going to love this. 1 John chapter 5, it's found uh, verse 18. Who placed the hedge of protection about Job? Anyone here know? God did. You think he's still doing the same thing today? Did Job have a better re uh, redemption than we do? He didn't even have the law. You think about it. What foundation for faith did he have? We have a better covenant even than the Israelites established upon better promises. And if this isn't one of the better promises, I don't know what is. Look at this scripture. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. Now, that's a condition, isn't it? That's a condition. Sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, what do you mean? From sin. Keeps himself in the Word. Keeps himself in love. Keeps himself in faith. Protects himself from sin. Now, are you ready for this? And that wicked one. You write these things down by wicked. If you could write your Bible. If not, ask somebody to give you one that you can write in. Hurtful one. Calamitous one. You ready for this next one? Ill-diseased one. These are translations of that word wicked. Ill or diseased one. Vicious one. Now, you're going to like this next one. You see that word toucheth? A better Greek rendering is this. To attach oneself to. The wicked one, the hurtful one, the calamitous one, the ill-diseased one, the vicious one, will not attach himself to you. That's what it's saying. If that doesn't want to make you shout and run, I don't know what does. Did you get that? But now, wait a minute. You say we're, we're getting extreme. Wait a minute. There's a condition. There's a condition. When God said, if you keep my statutes, judgments, and commandments that I command thee this day, then I'll bless your bread and water. I'll take sickness and disease away from the midst of you. That was a condition. And being in health was based on that, on obedience. If you disobey, then these things will happen to you. Here's the condition. He that is born of God sinneth not. He keeps himself from sin. And oh, it's various forms. I mean, you know, we're think, people think when you think of sin, well, adultery. And all that. Wait a minute. You know anything that's outside of the realm of faith is sin? You know even believing wrong is sin? Anything outside of the realm, anything that's not of faith is sin. No one's saying it's easy. All we're saying is it's attainable. We're saying we have the potential. We're saying dare launch out and let's believe God and set our ideals and our goals up high because the blood of the Lamb was shed so we can have these things. Dare get out of the boat. Dare start being a believer and believing and acting like a believer should and saying glory be to God. If anyone can do it, I can. I'm not going to fall by the wayside. Jesus has prayed that my faith fail not like He prayed for Peter and glory to God. I'm going all the way with Jesus. Let the storm come. Let the seas roar back and forth. I'm I'm going to go all the way with Jesus. I'm going to make it all the way in. I'm going to experience all that He's bought for me. And I'm going to rejoice in it if, if no one else does. Let a thousand fall on my side. Let ten thousand fall at my right hand. It will not come nigh unto me, glory to God, because I'm believing what He said I can believe in. Glory to God. Amen. That wicked one, that hurtful, vicious, ill-diseased, calamitous one will not attach himself to you. I like that. Do you? 
And if you people are ready for this, see, this is our Sunday night, our Sunday night crowd. If you're ready for this, we, we will be talking. We've been talking about health. We are going to continue talking about health and learning how to believe God to be strong in our, when we get older. Youthful, even though we may be growing older in the flesh. You want to do that with me? I'll tell you what, let's, this, this, this is worthy of our attention. Look at Psalm 92 real quick and we'll close right here. I don't know. I don't want to shun away and shy away from these things. I just want to, you know, I just want to take the challenge. What about you? Come on, take the challenge with me. You know, one time we thought we were the only ones to bleed this way. It was tough. It was difficult. You ready to take the challenge? feels good to have people support you, stand with you, believe like you believe. Peter called it like precious faith. It doesn't mean that you walk fully in it. But once again, I'd rather set my goals up high. What about you? We'll never know they're achievable or attainable. And like I said, it's the same faith that you use to get healed. We might as well just put it in another area by hearing the proper message. And instead of just wanting to use your faith to get healed, use our faith to stay healthy. It's the same faith. Let me make this statement before we read this in Psalms 92. As long as a Christian lives in the thought that he must experience occasional sickness and disease in his life, as long as he lives in that thought, sickness and disease will always be a menace to that child of God. No matter how much he believes in divine healing, please understand me, I'm not talking about believing in divine healing. As long as even the believer in divine healing believes that he must experience or she has accepted or he has accepted the fact that they're always going to have the flu when the flu season comes around and all these other things. If they have resigned themselves to believe that, then sickness and disease will always be a menace to them even though they believe in divine healing. But if the Christian will take the stand to believe that sickness and disease is a curse comes, that comes from the law of sin and death, from the wicked one himself, and believes that sickness and disease should not be tolerated and that it must be banished from his life or her life, and then takes the initiative to use that mighty name of Jesus to resist sickness and disease, that child of God will eventually be elevated in faith to a place that they'll begin to operate in divine health. And immunity will be the norm for that person. Dr. Lillian B. Yeomans said that while they were, well, while one of the plagues had broken out, or, or a virus had broken out, and she was a medical doctor. And all these people, all around, she was in contact with all of these people. They all got sick because of this particular virus that broke out. Every single one of them. And I mean, it was a deadly thing, a terrible thing. But she said, my family did not get it. Those who believed the way she believed, although they came in vital contact with the disease itself, because they believed in immunity, they were free from that sickness, even though they you know, came in contact with the people. In a vital way. And they were the only ones in the community that did not get the sickness. Now that's something to think about. Well, what was the difference? God can honor their faith. Because you see, they believed in something higher than getting healed. Do you see that? As long as you're believing or thinking that you're going to get healed and you live in that thought, then that sickness will come upon you. And yes, you'll go to church or you'll, you'll go to the scriptures and you'll, get your, you know, you'll look to God and you'll get your healing. But you see, God is saying, I want you to recognize that that's not the norm. I want you to be elevated in your faith to believe that I can put my hand upon you and I could make you immune. I can put my protection and my walls of protection around you to keep you immune. And that's not far-fetched. He said he'd strengthen the bars of your gates, didn't he? And you know, we've talked about that. We spoke that out. And I believe that this is what he's talking about. He's going to make hard the bars of our gates. Do you see that? It's going to be more difficult for the enemy to get in. Hallelujah. Why? What's going to do that? Increase in faith. Increase in faith. Dare believe God for big things. Let, let's look at this. Psalm 92. I'm reading to you from the Amplified Bible. 
And let's look at uh, let's start with verse nine. For lo, your adversaries, O Lord, for lo, your enemies shall perish, all the evildoers shall be scattered. But my horn, which is the emblem of excessive strength and stately grace, you have exalted like that of a wild ox. I am anointed with fresh oil. My eyes look upon those who lie in wait for me, my ears hear the evildoers that rise up against me. But the uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, fruitful. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, incorruptible, planted in the house of the Lord. They shall flourish in the courts of our God, growing in grace. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age, they shall be full of sap, spiritual vitality, rich in the verdure of trust, love, and contentment. They are living memorials to show that the Lord is upright and faithful to His promises. He is my rock, and there's no unrighteousness in Him. We should all get a hold of that, take a dose of that every day, and just start confessing that, that's me. That's talking about me. Amen. And let the weak say, I am strong. I am stately. I'm growing in the grace of God. Hallelujah. And because I've grown in grace, His power of operation is also affecting my physical body in such a way that when I'm even 85 like Caleb was, I can still do battle. Just watch. Hallelujah. I can run through a troop. I can still leap over a wall. Hallelujah. I'm ready for war just like I was back when. Well, I'm just preaching myself happy. I don't know about what I'm doing to you. Well, are you going to join in on this or are you just going to let him go off by himself? It's time we start talking about stuff like this, don't you think? Let's all stand before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith, and experience. God bless.